Join me on my mission to create a new tomorrow as I chat with industry experts, elite athletes, thought leaders, and government officials about how we activate our vision for a better world. We may agree and we may disagree, but I'm not backing down. I'm Ari Gronich, and this is Create a New Tomorrow Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Create a New Tomorrow. I am your host, Ari Gronich. Today with me is Gunther Mueller. And Gunther is a certified magnetic mind coach. Now, you know, I'm going to let him explain that. But 30 years of successfully being an entrepreneur, optimal health strategist, you have, uh, you know, you have three kids alongside all the work that you've done, but you've actually taken and built a business in three years to $20 million in the anti-aging, I believe, uh, field, founded another company, you've bought and sold several companies. So today we're going to talk a lot about not just the health and wellness, not just the mindset, but also kind of the deep and down and dirty parts of business a little bit. And I'm going to kind of take you on a journey today, audience, that that hopefully will lead you into a place where you could go, oh, yeah, I got this, and I can move ahead tomorrow, creating my new uh, tomorrow today. So anyway, Gunther, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, Ari, thank you so much for having me on Create a New Tomorrow. It's amazing to be here because your title of your show is completely in alignment with the information I'm passionate about sharing today. And hopefully the audience gets a lot out of this today. So a little bit about me, you know, I grew up uh, middle class in New York City, bolted out of there in 1984 to go skiing in Colorado and go to school out there because um, skiing was my thing and needed to go ski the bigger mountains. But, uh, you know, did the thing that you were supposed to do, get good grades, go to college, you know, do that whole rigmarole thing. And then, uh, I became a professional ski bum for four years after college. So I lived in uh, Vail, lived in Steamboat for a while and uh, commercial fished in Alaska. I worked on the Valdez oil spill. If anybody here remembers what that was, I was in uh, Prince William Sound for about 60 days, moving people around and equipment and things like that. And then um, I started my sales career basically in the 90s, uh, selling meat and seafood door to door because I had experience in the seafood industry, you know, I knew what good stuff was. I built about 3,000 customers in the Colorado mountainous region. This is the days before Sam's Club and before, you know, Costco and all that. Yeah, so, so I, I just want to say this. So when I was 17 and a half, 18, and mm-hmm. I'm just finishing up school, high school in rural, rural Oregon, right? Yeah. I was selling meat and seafood door to door. In rural Oregon, on the back of a truck with a freezer on the back of a truck, just like a regular big old freezer laid mm-hmm. into the bed of a truck. And uh, so, <laughs> hey, have- so I, did, I did it for 10 years and I, I, I loved it because I got to wear shorts and a golf shirt every day and I had great customers all over the place and loved it. And then I turned it into an online company in 1998 and then sold that company to one of my suppliers. And then I got into the restaurant business for 14 years, had about four restaurants that I managed. And so food was kind of in my blood, food distribution. I worked for a uh, 
uh, real startup coffee roaster. And then I created America's Freshest Coffee for the Schwann Food Company for a while. I went to go do the corporate gig there as a regional vice president for them, managed a million square mile territory, did really well. But the corporate world was not of my liking or choosing. So I, you know, I get this entrepreneurial blood in my in my veins, and um, I think I got that from my mom. She knew how to sell. She was a travel agent for 50 years, and uh, just knew how to get people to go great places, right? And uh, so then um, after that, I've been in the solar industry, did really well. I used to sell four million dollars a month worth of solar panels, and then from solar, I got into the medical industry, which I've been in for over 10 years now. And that's where I created that company in about uh, three years, doing about 20 million a year. And it was really changing the paradigm of medicine with your average OBGYN and family practice doctor to optimize hormones and optimize nutrition instead of being so pharmaceutically based. I mean, it was really a quantum shift in medicine for a lot of people. I was really specializing in something called pellet therapy, which was getting hormones actually inserted into the body. And it's, you know, it's everywhere now, but when I did it 10 years ago, nobody knew what a pellet was. So I was kind of one of the spearheaders of that therapy in the United States. Very cool. So nowadays, you know, you're, you're not doing that exactly you're you're doing this this thing called the magnetic mind right coach now i want to i want to i want to get into this a little bit so how did you get started working with mind how did mindset play a role in your sales so i'm kind of doing a, a multi question here so how did mindset play a role in your sales how did you get into mindset i know for a friend of mine who he was with xerox for a while and they had Zig Ziglar and all these sales training. So just kind of that background. And then what made that turn into what you're doing now? And how do you see this as kind of that next evolution? Yeah, great question, Aria. I love, I'm going to love answering it. So um, what happened was in those days of selling meat and seafood, like I was always a truth seeker, even from being a little kid, you know, I used to go walk by a church and think, oh, God lives there. You know what I mean? And, but how does that all work out? And what's the reality of the universe? Basically, I want to know how things work. Right. And nobody really was able to answer it for me. And so in my days of selling meat and seafood door to door, my vehicle was my university. I listened to not the radio or pop music or anything. I listened to the greats like a Zig Ziglar. You know, one of my favorite quotes from Zig Ziglar is you can have anything in life if you help enough other people get what they want, you know, and he, he was a great guy. And then, you know, the Brian Tracy's of the world, the Tony Robbins of the world. Look, I, what I'm here to share today, I did not create, right? I stand on the shoulders of giants, okay, who have investigated every aspect of personal development, human consciousness, you know, the whole quantum physical research over the last 40 years. There's so much science behind understanding the power that we have in our mind, but it all started with reading Think and Grow Rich. And it was one of the first books and it's a quintessential text, you know, in let's call it getting what you want in life or, you know, creating a new tomorrow. Like, how do you do it? You know, you're, you're living your life and you want something different. You want something better. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later, but you want something different. You want something better. There's a difference between the two ideas. And so I started doing that and one book after another, one cassette tape after another, really dating myself there, right? Cassette tapes was the thing. And then I moved into DVDs and I used to drive 100, 200 miles a day 
So all that education, all that content, all of that listening to a different way to think about things. And that kind of got embedded in my cellular structure from all those years of doing that. And today, I think the magnetic mind method is really a revolution in the personal development space because I'm at the place today to tell everyone that, look, you're not broken. There's nothing for you to fix. And a lot of the history of the personal development movement has always been going back to fix yourself, to do something, to get something right. Something's broken inside of your personality or something's broken in your being. And you have to fix it first in order to get what you want. I'm here today to tell everyone that we look, we need to back out of the problem solving reality and move into the creator stance. And the creator stance is that power position. It's like we need to remember who we truly are, that we are connected to an infinite field of possibilities. And when we become consciously creative, we can create whatever situation, reality, manifest anything that we want. And this is backed up by science. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to, I'm going to go back a step. I'm going, to, okay. I'm going to ask you a question you may not have heard before. Okay. So I started doing EST when I was eight, LifeSpring, Landmark, Forum, I mean, SciWorld, MITT. I've done so many of these self-improvement movement workshops and programs and weekends and events and things. Sure. What I watch, what I observe is about 90 so odd percent of the people go there, are motivated for about two weeks to a month, and then it dies down. Yeah. About 5% start following the practices that they hear and maybe last a year or two or three until some trauma gets them out of it. And then there's about 4% right? That really buy in and, and get the information then about 1% or so. And this is being, this is just my statistics and my, my, what I've watched Yeah, that, that actually like live the information that they've been taught. So here's my question to you. You have done all of these things and you've taken it and you've actually become, I don't know which percentage, but one of the 10 let's say part of that 10% of the people, right? What makes you have that ability versus say somebody else? What do you think is the difference between what you were able to do with the information and, and technology and experiences that you received that you think the 90% of people who don't ever shift haven't gotten what is what do you think that break is that delineation the break is truly listening to your own voice inside your head okay because especially today in the era of social media we are so enamored or concerned with what other people think i mean it's it's getting to the point of ridiculousness where our self esteem if we don't look out for it is really coming from what other people do they like us do they share us do they do this kind of thing right and so go back when you ask me that question the first thing that pops up in my mind is i have had the ability to listen to my own voice now i'm not saying that everything that i've done has been successful look the path to success is laced with failure 
And it's, it's in failure that you learn the most important lessons. If you had nothing but success in life, you would not be very seasoned. You would not be very skilled. You would not be very proficient in anything. It's through failure. It's through challenge. And this is really the human experience. Look, a lot of people will say, look, I'd like to have a life of just no problems. I'm telling you, you'd be bored out of your mind if you had no problems, okay? If there were no challenges, no problems, nothing to deal with in life, you would be bored out of your skull. It's just not, not, a, not why we're here as human beings. We're here to have this human experience. Now, the beautiful place to be is to be consciously creative, to kind of be an observer of what's going on. You know, an airplane at 30, 40,000 feet can see the landscape, right? And when you have that observer mentality, but this takes some practice, this takes some training, right? They don't teach it in school. They don't teach it in college. Most of your parents don't teach it to their kids. Um, unless you become a hungry seeker to a degree and find this out for yourself and your percentages, I agree with. Uh, so many people get information, they get knowledge, but look, the power is in the knowledge applied. You can go course after course, book after book, seminar after seminar, do all these retreats, do all kinds of things. Like you said, you feel good for about a month and then you just forget because you have not applied. And so then the second piece, listening to your own inner voice, because look, you know, what if your desires are, let's call it God's plan for your life? What if those desires, what if those things, that voice that's trying to speak to you is the directional signal in your life? And you keep ignoring it. You don't listen to it. You never take any time. You've got noise blaring at you all the time. And you never listen to the little voice that's inside and then trust it enough to follow it and not worry so much about what others may think of you, right? That, that's one of the key points right there. I'm pondering that because... There, there's definitely a, a level of truth to, I think that people go home after getting motivated and then, you know, somebody says, well, <laughs> that wasn't probably what, you know, like, or that's not going to work or that's not, you know, that you get excited about what you're doing. So I, I could understand that. I think it goes a little deeper into the, the depths of the psyche though. So that concept that you've stated of worrying about what other people think of you, right? Goes deeper. So let's drop down into a deeper level of that. Love it. So the, to go deeper is that we all have some self-sabotaging identities that we have acquired through this, let's call it the life stream of this life. And it, it really is impactful from like zero to seven years old. You know, the data and the science tells us that that's when we just really have an open mind. And we are trying to figure out how it is here. We're trying to figure out, you know, how to get love. We're trying to figure out how to get nourishment. We're trying to figure out how to get a safe place to sleep. We're trying to figure out how to get what we want when we're the, in that stage of development. And so we make certain decisions about life, about how it is here. That's all it is. It's just we're trying to figure out what's it like here and how do I survive? Right. And so if you have abuse or if you have trauma or you have some episodes in your life that are unpleasing, the human reality is that we avoid pain and we move to pleasure. 
but we avoid pain a hell of a lot more than we move to pleasure. So what the reality is, is mediocrity becomes okay. Ah. Because it's not painful, right? It's just, all right, I'm not in excruciating pain. I'm not in a, a, you know, ecstasy or pleasure. So I, I'm okay with mediocrity. And the part of our mind, we have the conscious mind, the subconscious mind, and what I'm going to introduce you to is the superconscious mind. And there's different names for that, but we like to call it the superconscious. In the subconscious programming, we have put things in there to prevent pain or to keep us safe. And the job of the egoic mind, that conscious mind, is to maintain the status quo. The conscious mind does not like change because it knows how to navigate what is successfully, right? And so some of the sabotaging identities that we pick up through a lifetime of experience is things like, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not capable, meaning I don't know enough. I'm not, this is an example of someone that never gets out of school. And they continually go for the next degree and the next degree and the next degree, right? I'm not, I'm just not capable of any one more thing. And then I'll be okay. I'm insignificant. I'm small. I'm not big enough, right? I'm insignificant. I'm not perfect. Many of us have this perfectionist stream in our mind. Can't do that till I perfect this. This has to be just absolutely perfect before I get what I want. And then another big one is I don't belong. This is what we just talked about is this belonging. And it's okay to belong. It's okay to have a great tribe and a cool group of people but you still have to be you. And so in light of the, those are probably the top six self-sabotaging identities. And everybody has one or two of them or all six of them in different degrees that we've incorporated into our subconscious program. And I want, I want everybody to think about the subconscious like Windows 10 on your computer, okay? When you turn on your computer, Windows 10 boots up, the thing just runs. You don't know how it's running. You don't know the code. You don't know anything like it. Every once in a while, an update gets sent to Windows 10, so you update and you restart, and now the program is different than it was before. So we have to do the same thing to our subconscious program because it's running completely unconsciously. And we've put things in there to keep us safe. So when, we, when I say we need to step out of the problem-solving reality and take the creator stance, most of the audience is saying probably, what the hell do you mean by that, right? What do you, what do you mean by a creative stance? Let me give you four examples of what I'm going to call true choices. And first let's, let's go through what is problem solving, right? And then we'll go into what that is. Cause we we've gone through an automatic response system, which is your conscious, right? So problem solving is what we've always been trained to do. We want what we want. So how do we get what we want? So the problem is, is to figure out a way to get what we want and we do it consciously. So so you're saying that the problem is wanting something that we don't have. Yeah, but that's not the problem. Your desire, your desire is totally fine. You can desire and want whatever you want. That's not the wrong part. The part is that we've been trained to figure out in our conscious mind how to solve the problem of not having it. Got it. So the problem is not having. Not having it is not the problem. It's the way we go about getting it that becomes the problem. Awesome. That's what I'm trying to get to. So to think about goal setting, right? We've been taught to set smart goals and you got to have a date on it. You got to be clear about what you want. And then there's five, six, 10 steps or whatever to get what you want. And those things have to happen by a certain date. 
So when you do a SMART goal, you have in your own conscious mind figured out how it needs to happen. You have allowed no space for the field of infinite possibilities to provide the solution to you in some, let's call it magical way. Okay? Okay. So you, you have spent your conscious energy, your mind solving the problem. Let's take the idea of abundance, financial abundance, right? Let's create a new tomorrow. And my true choice is I want to have the experience of having more than enough. I just want this experience of financial abundance and in, in abundance in all aspects of my life. That's my true choice. I just always want to be in the experience of having more than enough. Well, how do I do that? Being in the entrepreneurial world, I deal with a lot of entrepreneurs that have decided or chosen that they need a big successful business in order to have that. And I always have to put the brakes on a little bit and say, look, the business may not be the true choice. What your true choice is, is you want to have the experience of abundance. Having a successful business may give you the experience of massive struggle. Okay, if you don't start a business having the end in mind, you will get to a completed business that potentially you might hate it. You might not want, it may dominate your life. I mean, how many business owners are there where the business owns them? They don't own the business, right? Yeah. So be careful what you ask for, be careful what you wish for, because if you do it in that problem solving thing, you're looking at it from a field of limited possibilities. And when I say step out of the problem solving thing, it's focusing on what you want, not on how it's going to show up, not on how it's going to manifest, not on the how. The how truly is up to the infinite field and the superconscious. Because look, abundance could happen by finding $100 million in a suitcase on the street. You could find it floating in the ocean. When, when we talk about infinite possibilities, I mean infinite possibilities. Whatever your imagination could imagine and how abundance could show up for you, it's possible. But our conscious mind rationally goes in and say, well, well if you have these sabotaging identities there, well, I'm not worthy of that. That's never going to happen to me. Or I'm not good enough. That could never happen to me. Or I don't have enough knowledge. I don't have this. I'm insignificant. I'm too small. I would never find that suitcase. Like, I'm just not lucky. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like I, 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 I'd walk right by the suitcase and I'd miss it. And I would, I would never find it. Right? So the, the programming and the tape that's running in that subconscious mind really rules the day. And so did I answer your question about what I mean by problem solving? Yes. And I just want to kind of get, go into what I heard was basic law of attraction, right? So going to the experience that you want to experience, you know, whether it's visioning and feeling all the feelings of the perfect day or all, you know, those kinds of things. So that's cool because I obviously, I want to experience the abundance of life fully never needing or wanting of anything, just everything is available at all times, right? Yeah. Now, the key thing that I believe was missing from the law of attraction was the step of action. Yes. Now, within the, the what you just said, the confines of what you said is we're not doing the SMART goal where we're creating the necessary actions from problem solving point of view. We're going into the infinite how does one get to the action side from that place? 
So that's the fifth step in the five-step magnetic mind method. So it's the last thing we do. And we ask the question, okay, what is the next obvious action? And that, you're right, that's where the secret, you know, great shows and, and opening the mind to a lot of possibilities and the power of the mind. And what I always like to say is the law of attraction, the secret is trying to solve the problem from the conscious mind. So this is where affirmation is. And I'm not saying they're wrong and I'm not saying they don't work. They just take time and they take that discipline. As you said in the beginning, right? People feel great for a month and they do it and then it peters off. Why is that? Because they don't see instantaneous results, which is another concept I just want to throw in here as a seasoning real quick is the idea of as soon as possible. You see, when you use a SMART goal and you put a date on it and the date goes by and it didn't happen, what do most people do? Give up? Oh, well. Quit? Oh, well, it didn't happen. I guess goal setting must not be for me. Goal setting doesn't work for me, right? I tried it. It doesn't work. So take any of the great personalities that we look to, an Elon Musk or, you know, Prince or Madonna or, you know, any of these celebrity type people that we look at, do you think they have ever had to pick themselves up and try again and try again and keep going, keep going for what they loved, kept going. Like you look at Richard Branson, right? Just the other day, got into space. I mean, how long has that dream been manifesting for him of putting together all the engineers and the, you know, the concept laced with failure. And he's done other things. He's failed just as much as he succeeded in his life. Maybe even failed a little bit more than he succeeded, way right? More. Yeah, way more. Way more. And he's not a perfect personality, right? If you got to know any of these people, they are not perfect beings in every aspect of their life. There is not but they went after what they love to do. They went after that desire and focused on nothing else, you know, taking Oprah Winfrey or something like that, you know, built her media empire. She focused on what she loved. Is she a perfect human, a perfect individual? No. And that's where this whole idea of perfection and all that comes in. These things, we just have to let go, right? That you have to let these things go. And there's a process to doing that. But when we try to solve the problem from the conscious mind, we're bumping into that subconscious programming. And what I'm going to share with you is how we go from the superconscious side and we just send an update to the subconscious. We do that with something called a recode where we go in, we send an update and we don't need to know what the problem was. We don't need to know what created the problem. We don't need to know if it was mommy or daddy or a teacher or some other situation going on, right? So this sounds very different than say a bug fix for a software update where when, when you go through the update, now all of a sudden, all the programs start acting wonky, you know, and, and, and then you get the, the blue screen of death. So we don't wanna have the blue screen of death with our, with our upgrades, right? We wanna have the bugs, you know, eliminated. So how's, how, how do we do the difference between those two, right? How do we get the upgrade to, to be smooth. We do that because your superconscious self, this highest version of yourself that is connected to the field, the infinite field. And a great book to read on the field is Lynn McTaggart's book. It's just called The Field. So much research has been done. We as human individuations are all part of this field, whether you're conscious of it or not. Okay. You're connected. And we are all connected. And if you look into the science and you look at all the experiments that have happened, we've proven this. The field exists. 
So we're just going to take that as a given for the moment. If you don't believe me, you don't trust me, do your own research, dig in, right? You got the field. Got the field. And so we are connected into the field. So when you go to the superconscious level, superconscious already knows what's happened in the past. Superconscious already knows all the connections, knows all the dynamics. And when we do a recode, we're basically asking for what we want. We say, superconscious, do you see the desire? Do you see the true choice? Do you see this true choice of, of experiencing infinite abundance? And when you connect into the field, superconscious will respond, usually in yes, no answers. That's why you always ask questions in a yes, no type field, right? And yeah, I see it. And then we go through a process of creating a structural tension where the tension, because the mind likes to resolve tension. And it likes to do it in a way that it's the path of least resistance. And so resistance is really the thing that keeps us from having what we want. And it is the identity structure that is congruent with the current reality. So principle number one really is we have to take responsibility for the way it is now. And that's probably a big stepping stone that many people may have to get over and that you I want to say this, you know, I say, I'm going to teach you how to become super conscious. The truth is you already are, and you've already created everything that you're experiencing right now. So you are already a super conscious creator. Now you just created some stuff that you might not like. <laughs> right. I, I want to go back a little bit. So you had said um, something regarding, uh, I just had it in my head a second ago. It was uh <laughs> I love that I can edit these videos. They're, it's so nice. Um, <laughs> all right, keep going and I'll get back to it. So we were on this track of, um, now I lost the track of what we were talking super about. Conscious. You were yeah. talking about super conscious going from above versus, yeah. oh, I know what it was. So resistance. So yes. I have a little bit different take on the resistance sustained resistance is what stops you spurts of resistance are what drive you forward and i'll and i'll tell you what i mean by that is the resistance in a lobster shell is what makes them want to go get another shell right yep. it's that uncomfortable place that launches them into that next place and so that's where i just want to i, I want to delineate at least for me yeah the thing is sustained resistance if you let the resistance go if you never change the shell and you just keep building the resistance yes that is going to stop change for me the resistance is the signal that says change is needed now and let's do that so i would equate to that piece that you're saying that that is the true choice that is the desire when you get to that place and you've been let's say living this groundhog day reality because there's only three places we can be we can be stuck we can be what we call oscillating. Oscillating feels like three steps forward, two steps back, one step forward, one step back, right? We're oscillating. Or we can be in a flow state. Flow is where we turn thoughts into things. And anybody that's done any high-level athletics or anything like that or seen the interviews with top athletes, they get into the zone. And they can make that three-point shot because they've done it a million times before and they're just in that zone and it just swish, right? That's the zone feeling. And we can do that in our lives where we just turn thoughts, desires into things. And I want to touch on this real quick. Well, how does that happen? How does manifestation happen? 
The idea is, is that you're actually collapsing a part of the field into the present moment experience. So of the field of infinite possibilities, we're focusing on one possibility with consistency and the field actually collapses into the present moment. This is manifestation. This is how it happens. And it's photons. It's the smallest particles in the quantum physical reality. And the experiments that have proven this is that the particles don't even exist until the scientist intends to observe them. Meaning that the particle shows up for the experiment when the observer intends to measure it, accelerate it, do whatever they're going to do with it to test it out. That's when the particle actually shows up. So the same thing happens in our manifestation that when we have a true choice, we have a true desire and we're focusing on that, not trying to solve the problem, but we're focused on what we want. And we recode the resistance out of the way from the superconscious level, that true choice shows up as soon as possible. I'm not saying it's going to show up tomorrow. Got it. So that's where the as soon as possible comes in from the SMART goals. So we've kind of wrapped around. So let's get into that, that as well. When we say something like as soon as possible, kind of like one of the sayings that I say is, how can it get any better than this? Right. It's an open-ended question, right? That has no specifics to it that allows the conscious mind to solve its own problem, right? So here's the, here's the question to you is, isn't that problem solving or is that something else? Well, I was just gonna stop you and say, it's not the conscious mind doing the problem solving. When we're doing what we're doing is we're just asking super conscious to recognize the resistance. It's back to the resistance. Your piece of resistance, I would equate to being the true choice and the desire that sustained resistance is the sabotaging identity. Okay, that's what creates the oscillating. And it just feels like, you know, many times I've, I've had what I wanted. I've been there. It's like when I've created companies, I get there to the end. I have it. Life's good. Got the cash flow. Got everything. There's still something missing. I wasn't really clear enough about what I want here. So my self-sabotaging reality was I could create anything. I could build stuff. My thing was I wasn't good enough to keep it. Mm. I think a lot of people probably have that one. Yeah, I, I, I was great. I was creator. I could do this. I could build anything. But then when it was completely built and humming and running, it got taken away from me or something happened and it cratered. But that's the underlying identity because the identity has to be congruent with the reality. If your identity never changes from like, I'm not good enough to I am good enough. I am capable. I am worthy. If that never changes, you can create a bunch of things and they won't sustain. This happens in relationships. This happens, you know, in intimate love relationships. So like you get there, it's the best thing in the world. And then the whole thing just craters and goes away and you got to start over. What is that? Right? Right. That's, that's what we're talking about here. So that resistance is in the subconscious program. It is a self-sabotaging identity and so we can create it through affirmation and conscious work and all that, but it takes a long time to do that. And it takes diligent effort on our part to do it consistently. And so why I think the mag- we're, a fast, we're a fast food nation. So, so, you know, that's been, 
you know, when I look at cognitive behavioral therapy and, and the, the old paradigm of trauma work, I look at this long process, lifelong process of question and discovery as to why your mind feels a certain way about a certain thing. I mean, I, I was seven when I was sent to my first psychologist, right? And I, I look at that as such a primitive way of doing therapy whereas like back in the in the day you know tribal societies used uh plant medicines and used tribal and cultural togetherness right to deal with with people's stuff so <clears throat> let's let's accelerate what you're talking about so we're going to accelerate from this old paradigm of subconscious moving things. So we're going to go to the super conscious and accelerate things. What does that look like? Yeah. So I'm going to share that, but I don't want to say like everything that's been is not bad. Okay. We do the best we know how to do with what we know. And the seven-year-old on go and see the psychotherapist, I mean, is this the best that maybe your parents or whoever knew how to do at the time? Those were the tools, right? So think of everything as this huge evolution that's happening and this awakening to the place that we are today. And today we have something called the magnetic mind method where, you know, what if it could be easy? What if it doesn't take 10 years of psychotherapy to figure out why I am the way that I am and why I can't have what I want right. or I get what I want and it gets taken away. So when we go to super conscious, Superconscious already knows, and we don't need to spend all that time digging in and asking the questions and figuring out where the connections were and where the misalignments were. And, you know, I thought something, but it wasn't really true. And I had, I got to straighten all this out. Superconscious can straighten that out in a blink just because it already knows. It, you don't have, we don't have to tell it any of the details. All we have to do is focus on what we want. And it's really the experience of what we want. So you mentioned earlier about, you know, getting into the emotions, getting into the emotion of the end result is step three in the five step method, because, you know, Einstein said, look, there's only two things in the universe. There's information and there's energy. The information is the desire. The what, what do I want? Okay. And the energy is the emotion. And it's like a holographic movie that when those two things come together, it's actually how a hologram is created. Okay. The energy and the information come together and it manifests a hologram. So think of your life as like a holographic movie where you are manifesting, you are, things are showing up in real time. And think of yourself for a second as you're the director, you're the producer, you're the screenwriter, you've handed everybody their parts and everything is happening not to you, but for you to have the experience that's congruent with your identity. So you get treated by the characters, you know, as Shakespeare said, you know, all the world's a stage and we're just actors on it, right? But you're the main guy, you've been in a movie, imagine walking into the screen and you becoming the main character. And when you look at some movies or series or something like that, some characters get written out of script. Right? They die off, something terrible happens, they no longer exist, and the whole dynamic of the movie changes. Think of your life in that way. The people that are there, the circumstances, the conditions, the what is now is just what is. And when we focus on something else, 
And this is a key point here also, we can focus on the problem. We can focus on how to fix the problem and try to create, invent, or figure out how to solve the problem. But what we focus on grows. So the more we focus on the actual problem, the bigger the problem sometimes gets. That's where we have to back out of that, go into the creator stance and focus on what we would love, focus on what we would just purely want. And that's how you know you have a true choice. If I ask you, why do you want what you want? And you give me an answer and it sounds like a stepping stone onto something else. As a coach, I'm gonna tell you that that's not really the true choice because you're choosing something to get something else. We have to get to the final end result. So I wanna share just four creative stances with you real quick to give you the perspective. A good creator stance is something like, I choose to live my true nature and purpose. I just choose it. I choose to live my true nature and purpose because I'm gonna tell you the only power that we really have in life is the power of choice. Think about it from the moment you wake up in the morning. What time do I get up? What am I going to wear? Where am I going to go? Am I going to drive? Am I going to take a bus? Uh, you know, when am I going to take lunch? It's a series of choices. And every choice has a result or call it a consequence, right? So I choose to live my true nature and purpose. Another one is I choose to be the predominant creative force in my life. Not everybody around me, not all the other, I choose to be the predominant creative force in my life. That's a creator stance. It's not a problem solving stance. I choose to live the life that I love. And this comes in alignment with your actions, right? The person that is living a life that they love or this imaginative person that you see right now living a life that they love or the desire with that emotion of the end result, you're seeing the life that you love. What would you be doing right now that's in alignment with that true choice. The action has to become an alignment. The identity needs to shift, but the actions have to be in alignment with that true choice. Another one is I choose to be healthy and vital. You know, the health issues we have going on in this country and the world and all that. You know, when your body is not working and supporting you in the life that you love, it's a problem. You don't get to do the things that you love to do because your body's not cooperating. So having a true choice of I choose to be healthy and vital. And so let's just take a serious condition right now if you're dealing with cancer of some level. The true choice is not to beat cancer. The true choice is to be healthy and vital, to have the experience. It's not the problem solving of how do I beat cancer? What therapy do I need to beat cancer and all that? The mindset shift needs to be creative in saying, I choose infinite health and vitality. And what would it feel like to be infinitely healthy and vital? And you get into that stance because I'm going to tell you that everything that's ever been created has been created twice, once in the mind and once in a three-dimensional physical experience. Yeah. You know, it's funny because uh, I watch a lot of Jim Rohn stuff. And one of the things that Jim Rohn says is, is you wouldn't build the hotel until it was done, right? You, you, you wouldn't build the thing until you had the blueprints, until it was done in your mind, if you just started to, to build something, you had brick and you didn't know what you were building, people would ask you, you know, what are you building? I don't know, I'm just putting brick together and they'd send you away, right? <laughs> you, you, you know, he's like, we are, human beings are the, the one species that can program in and pre-plan and choose what they're going to create. 
And the other species are working on instinct, right? They're, they're instinctual beings, right? Right. We have this creativeness. And if you ever read scripture in the beginning, I mean, it starts out right in the beginning says we were created in the image of the creator. And so if we were in the image of the creator, what are we? We are creative. I mean, yeah, if you're religious and believe that that is the line, absolutely. If you're not religious and you don't believe that that's the, the line in a book that means anything, it's still, we create our kids, right? We mm -hmm. create our imagination. I, I, I tell people on this show a lot, like, we made this shit up. Right. <laughs> Do better. This is all a figment of our imagination. All of it. Every single thing that we see, hear, taste, do, everything is a figment of our imagination. Yep. And the science backs that up. Our thoughts are perceptions and illusory. They're illusion. Our emotions are illusion. They're not real. Okay. We make it. You said it succinctly. We make this shit up. We create the reality we experience. And that's why you already are a super conscious creator. And all we have to do is, what are you focused on? Are you focused on solving the problem to get what you want? Or do you really take back your power as a creator and choose to be the predominant creative force in my life? Right. So, so we're going to go, we're going to go back to your sales background a little bit. Okay. Because okay. what you just said, ring a, a picture in my head of a billboard with a sign that says buy something to do something to get somewhere, right? You, you're So people are watching social media, advertising. How do they even know what is their true choice? How would they, how would you even at this level, at this day and age, right? Mm -hmm. the, the bombardment of information and problems and stuff, right? How does somebody get to what that true choice is and avoid the, the while avoiding the, the noise of the sales, of the yeah. advertising, of the of Great all question. That stuff? Great question, because that is step one in the five-step magnetic minds. How do you choose a true choice? How do you actually get to it? And a true choice, the simple answer is if I ask you, like, give me something you would just love. So give, me, give me something you would just really want. What's I'll, something? I'll just go to, to the, you know, question that Lifespring always, or Landmark always asks is chocolate or vanilla? Okay. For ice cream, like, what do you choose? Chocolate or vanilla? And then All right, but the choice of chocolate or vanilla, or the choice of chocolate really doesn't, really doesn't matter. One day I'll choose chocolate, one day I'll choose vanilla because I like variety, Right. right? Okay, so that but it, that's a it, that that choice doesn't have any consequence, right? So let's say let's say somebody chooses let's take it in business, right? Um, you know, it'd be like Ari if you're coaching them or they're listening on the show, it'd be like I gotta start this business because I'm sick and tired of my nine to five job and I'm tired of my boss. I want to work for myself, you know. And they've they've seen the the glitz on social media of people who've made it big and they're driving Lambos and stuff like that, you know. And they're just like, I want that. I want that, but the only way I'm going to get that, I'm not going to get that at my job doing what I'm doing right now because my boss is cheap and he's never going to pay me more. I'm not getting paid what, I work, what I'm worth. You hear the story that goes on? This is a story, right? And so they would come to a coach like myself or like you, right? And would be like, 
well, I'm going to do this. I need help doing this. And I'm going to ask the question, well, why do you want that? And if the answer is not just because I want it, it's not a true choice. If the answer becomes, I want it because when I have it, then I can be this, or I can get that, or I can become something else, or it gets me to another place, then that thing that you just told me you wanted is not the true choice. It's just a stepping stone onto what you really want. So a true choice gets answered with, I want it just because I would love to experience that. I want it just because I want it. My being, my desire, I just want that. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I don't get, I don't need anybody else's input, whether it's a good choice, bad, it doesn't matter. I want it because I want to experience it. And experience is a very important thing because it's maybe not be a thing. It may not be something. It may be just an experience like infinite abundance or, you know, optimal vital health. Right. So true choice. I still, and I, and I just want you to go deeper, I guess, into it. I still see, let's say I want joy. I want infinite joy. I want to experience joy at will. Why, why do you want that? Why do you, why do you want to experience joy at an infinite level? Right. But that, that's what I'm saying is like, if somebody's saying that there's, at least in my case, it would be because I don't, but it would be. I haven't experienced enough joy in my life. So I want to experience at will the experience of joy. I love watching joy when I watch American Idol and I see somebody win and they're just like pure joy. I want that, right? It never, it never seems like a true choice because it always is an outside perspective or an outside, um, if it's something I have not experienced, right? Then it's, outside of me it's something i've been told would be good right there's your, key right there. there's your key right there it's something i've been told would be good and i should go do that i should want that that would be good for me someone else said right. and then somebody else says and somebody else says and somebody else says and because all these somebody else has said it it must be true and it's not so that's why coming into true choice is an exercise that I do. It's called seven levels deep. And so you say the first thing that you really want, whatever it is. And I'm going to ask you, so when you get that, what does that give you? Or what do you get? When you get that, what does that do for you? You say, well, when I get that, I'm going to get this. And it goes down to the next level. Okay, so when you get that, what does that do for you? Or what do you get when you get that? Well, when I have that, then it's going to give me this. Okay, take that down. You're at the third level now, right? You do that for seven levels deep. I want this because it gets me that. Then, well, why do you want this? Well, because when I have this, I can have that. And when I have this, then I can have that. And you push it down about seven levels. And when you get down to the very bottom, and a lot of times you need a coach to do this because people will immediately say, well, I don't know. And a coach will be like, you do know. You are connected to your infinite field, that infinite consciousness. You do know. There's an aspect, there's a resistance of you that doesn't want to recognize that you know. Because there may be a latent fear there. There may be something there that's blocking that, that real connection. And so it's a great exercise to go seven levels deep and 
okay, so I say I want this thing. Well, why do I want that? Okay, when I get that, was that, well, why do I want that? Um, and you take it all the way down. That's how you get, well, what I really want is the experience of freedom and no one ever getting to tell me what the hell to do. That's what I really want. And freedom, like for me, is one of the operative words that have pushed me through life is the word freedom. And I was when I was in Alaska, I was working on a boat called the Born Free. No coincidence. Okay. The Born Free. And that's I identified with that name right away. I, like, I am born free. It's not a I choose to statement. Like I knew it in my consciousness that I am born free. Free to choose what I want, when I want who I want to do it with, how much of it I want to do, it's me. And some people will flip that around. Well, you're just being selfish. No, it's in that same vein that I can help whoever I want. I can provide for whoever I want. I can do all things with that type of freedom. And so when you look at the human desires of what it is we truly want, and you do a seven levels deep exercise like that, I can tell you, you're going to get to the nitty gritty of what it is you really want. And that leads me to the two most important questions in life, which is, who are you? Who is it that you say you are? How do you operate? Do you operate with honesty, integrity, you know, things like that? Like, how do you, I don't want to give you all the words, but how do you describe who, who is it that you say you are? Who are you? And most of us have not spent any time contemplating that question. Who am I really? Who am I? And then the second question is, what do I want? Based on who I am, what do I want? And all the social media, all the noise, all the influence from parents, school programming, peer pressure, whatever you want to call it, all that noise needs to cease for a moment or lots of moments so that you can actually get into your own being and understand what it is you truly would choose just because you would love it. Mm -hmm. See, we've never been given the opportunity in our programming really to choose from a place of love. We choose from a place of elimination sometimes. Well, I got three crappy choices. Right, okay. Right. So get rid of that one, get rid of that. I guess I choose that. Or we choose by default because we don't see any other choices. I don't have any other choices. So I got to do that. Um, we choose by consensus. Before I make a decision, let me check with everybody and make sure everybody's going to be on board with my decision. That's not a true choice. Where the fear is, well, if I choose something and my friends don't agree with me, I'm going to lose my friends. That's fear, mm -hmm. right? So be conscious, observe how you choose what you choose. And that's a practice also. That's something that we have just have to become conscious of and what is our motivation? What, what, what are we really, why do we want what we want? Is it to impress others? Is it to be liked? Is it to have this feeling of belonging? Is it to have this feeling of significance or being capable or admired or to be beautiful or to be whatever, right? Whatever that desire is, it's a process of becoming conscious. Now, we don't have to go back and unravel everything because we are not broken. What is, is. And this is another key point I want to share. The future will not be better. Many of us say, my life will be better when. My, my life will be better when this happens or that happens. When I get this, then I'll be able to do that. 
and everything is contingent on the future showing up. That's not how you create because the future is not going to be better because you are still going to be you in the future. Okay. What's it's just going to be different. And if we can just hold that thought for a second, the future is not going to be better. It's just going to be a different experience. And what I'm experiencing right now is just what is. It's not bad. It's not horrible. Because we just naturally in our conscious mind like to throw labels on stuff. This sucks. That's bad. That's wrong. Da-da-da-da-da, right? And oh, I want this because it's going to be better. It's not going to be better. It's just going to be different experience than what is now. And if we can hold that for a second, we can achieve a level of contentment in the present moment. We can just be okay with what is. And we can just observe the current reality and what is right now as just that. It's just what is. And I choose something different. Do you feel, do you feel the difference of that? It's not a have to. It's not anything like that. It's I want, I just... I'm okay with where I am right now. It just is what is. I created it all anyway, and I'm just choosing a different experience. Right. So that kind of ties into the create a new tomorrow, you know, ideal as as we started off with at, at the beginning of this is how to create a new tomorrow today. How do we how do we get out of our own way? How do we, you know, stop the madness. You and I started before we we hit record. We started talking about kind of what's going on in the world. I mean, the president of Haiti was assassinated. We've got the Cuba stuff going on. We got all of this madness around us. And the way that I always see have seen it is when the madness is happening around me, the only way for me to be the eye is for me to go inside and outwardly focus from within my energy so that I'm pushing at the hurricane, so to speak, versus, and I'm in the eye instead of being in, in the storm. But, and obviously that works sometimes, it doesn't work others. That's just the visual that I have. But we, we were talking about this, like, how does somebody get out of this place of madness that they're in, whether it's which side, I don't care of the political or religious or scientific spectrum or cultural spectrum, it's everywhere right now. It's like, it's like a, a furnace has been lit and, and it's building pressure, right? I think I told you something like we're in a pressure cooker. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about how do we, let the steam out of the pressure cooker a little bit and then pop the top so we're not in it and do that in a safe way. But, you know, like, how do we get to that place from where we're at? Because what you're talking about feels very idealistic. Yes. I want to take it out of the idealism and into realism, into how can somebody, how can we do this now? How can we be in this? So the, the, let's take the analogy of the pressure cooker. What if you do not have to reduce the pressure? But what if you can exist within the pressure and not be affected by the pressure? I, I guess that, that's how I feel with, within like that eye of the hurricane, 
right? It's a great visual. It is a great visual because there is infinite calm in the eye of the hurricane. To the left, there's chaos. To the right, there's chaos. Stuff blowing up, getting knocked down over here. Stuff blowing up, getting knocked down over there. But in the middle, no wind, no storm in the eye. It could even be sunny in the middle of the hurricane. You know, it's like this whole sun comes through and it's a beautiful day, but the hurricane's moving, right? So the idealism, it only seems ideal because it's a new concept. And just as Est was a new concept, you know, 30 years ago, <laughs> that kind of thing, right? And rebirthing, we talked about that offline too. So many techniques and things like that to what? To help us feel better. That's really what the human experience is. We want to just feel better. We want, we want what we want, which is to sum it up, less pain, more satisfaction. We want less pain and more satisfaction. You can throw the words meaning, fulfillment in there. And what we talked about offline briefly was this pressure cooker feeling is like, I describe it as people, I think, are getting to the point globally now. You mentioned all the places where there's unrest and problems going on. They are tired uh, they, they've had enough of not having enough. And I've always thought this, look, when you have nothing to lose, you have nothing to lose. And so you're going for it all because the current situation is not worth maintaining anymore. There's nothing in it anymore. It's painful. It, it has gotten to the point where the pain of that existence, it is time to doing something about it. But again, if you look at the world, they're solving it from the problem-solving rea reality. We need to overthrow the dictator. We need to get a new government. We need to be left or right. We need to do this. We, the problem-solving is there. So to answer your question that you asked me earlier a little bit, I wanted to inject the idea of we need to be it in order to see it. And the personal development movement have had, has had that switched around a little bit, that as we start seeing results, we can be more that, of that thing, right? Like when, when I have a billion dollars, I can be generous, right? So I need to create all this stuff and I got to be a billionaire and then I'll be able to, uh, you know, be generous. Look, if you're not generous now in the current situation, you will not be generous then. How many billionaires do you know? I don't know that many of them, but I've heard of and I've read their stories, right? They're in fear of losing what it is they have. They don't have the bliss and the peacefulness and the calm in their life and the experience that most of us really want or the freedom, okay? And we think that, oh, being that person, like the responsibility that comes with that position the number of people that are trying to take your stuff when you're in that position, the attacks that are coming at you, we think, oh, because, you know, we're in our situation, oh, it would be so much better to be that guy. Right. I'm here to tell you, not really, not unless you structure it properly with the end in mind. Now, there are some people that have that, let's say, kind of wealth. And I talk about wealth, not because it's the most important thing, because it's on a lot of people's minds. And it's easy to measure. And it's easy to measure, right? And when you look at the world, that seems to be what the irritation is, is not having enough. Let, let's, let's say, you know, we go to the statistic, 1.87, I believe, trillion dollars into the like top 10, 20 people in the world, yep. their wealth over the course of COVID, right? 
whereas we spent, I think it's around 3 trillion. So I'm just gonna correlate it, right? So I correlate it like the government spent 3 trillion of taxpayers' money, 2 trillion of that approximately went into 20 people's hands, mm -hmm. right? So there's a correlation between wanting, I guess, fairness or equanimity and, and these kinds of things within the situation that, it, that we aren't seeing, right? So if we're not seeing the fairness and the equanimity, that pain level goes up, as you were saying, and then the pressure cooker arises. But I don't think that people correlate the two things. Like they don't say two or three trillion came out of people's hands and into 20 people's hands, like out of a few hundred million into 20 people's hands. They don't say that. They don't, they just say during this period of time, these top 20 people, their, their wealth skyrocketed and these people, their wealth went, right? So, so if we don't get the correlation, how do we get to the, and I'm going to use the word solution, but uh, as a problem, but how, how do we get to, to that place where equanimity, fairness, those things, whereas they're not guaranteed in life, are at least structured more appropriately or so that people can have the sense that when they do something like this magnetic mind, you know, and, and they're doing these five steps that they actually think that that true choice can happen. <laughs> yeah, so anything, Einstein said this too, right? Anything that you can imagine, you can create. All, all, anything that has ever been created started in the imagination first. But you have to think of your life in little bubbles. You are in this little bubble right here, okay? And that's just you, your desires, your true choices, the experience that you want in the current reality. And you want this experience just because you'd love it, just because you want it, just because that's the experience you want to have. It does not mean that the entire world has to change for you to have this experience in your life. And let's just stick with the wealth or abundance type thing. In order for you to have the experience of abundance, it doesn't mean you have to be one of the 20 people, okay? I wanna use an example of breathing. When's the last time you thought about how much air was available to you today to breathe? I'm a weird one. I, I think about it because I think about cleanliness in the air, but you know, small. That's mark. different. That's different than quantity, right? That is different. Quality versus quantity. Yeah, that's different. Right. But our experience as human beings is that we've always had pretty much, unless you're drowning or you're locked in a sealed box or something like that, we've had an infinite air supply. We can breathe as much as we want, as fast as we want. We've never really thought about, you know, is there going to be enough air today? For me to survive? No. The, so even in the current reality, in the current moment, if you focus on just breathing, you can have the experience of abundance. That's what abundance feels like, having more than enough. And so let's say in our lives, if we want to create that experience of abundance, if you have $10 left over from your budget at the end of a month, you have more than you needed. Do you just have $5 left over? 
at the end of the month. That is an experience of abundance. It may not match your desire, but this is what creates the contentment in the moment just for a time so that you can plant your feet in, and you can be it now. Okay, you can be it now. You can experience abundance and what it feels like to be abundant in your little bubble. All right, now around this bubble is your family, friends, and influence. Your little tribe is around there. And these are the ones that could be speaking some sort of negativity into your thing, right? But you're in this bubble. You have a true choice. You have a desire. You have the thing that you would just love to experience for no other reason than the fact that you want it and you love it. And this field here is either going to, you're going to influence this field or this field is going to influence you. And the more you secure yourself in your own being, listening to your own voice, your own desires, and you focusing on that which you want and not trying to solve for world peace or trying to solve all the ills and all the problems of the world. It's, it's the analogy of the airplane, right? You have to put your oxygen mask on first right. before you can help anyone else. So getting into the conscious creator stance and choosing that which you want creates this little bubble. And you can experience that which you choose to experience in this little bubble, and it does work, okay? The magnetic mind method has even restored eyesight. We're not promising that, but we had a blind person go through a series of recodes and restored the eyesight because the identity shifted from a person that did not see to a person that now sees. Uh, we've had people get out of wheelchairs because the identity has shifted. Again, extreme examples of what is, not promising that to anybody. But when the identity shifts, the current reality changes. And that reality includes the bubble of your family. You may not like how your family and friends treat you or da da da, da but that can change too. When this changes, then this changes. When this bigger bubble then changes, then the outer bubble changes. And the more people that are taking this responsibility for themselves and manifesting their own true choice experience, and imagine if more and more and more people did this on a regular basis. And I regular by I mean, you know, once or twice a day is getting into that field and being clear about what you want because you have to send that vibration into the field. Superconscious needs to know that you're serious about what you want. It can't just be a fleeting whim or a little desire, you know, based on your motivation. And honestly, that's why you do need a coach because a coach can help you see what you can't see, right. okay? The stories you like to tell and the what-ifs and all the excuses you create and all that kind of stuff. You need to look, Tiger Woods has a coach, right? Best golfer ever. He's had hundreds of coaches in his career. Michael Jordan, right? LeBron, all these guys, they all got coaches because they can't see what they can't see. They got somebody looking at them, that you're doing this, you need to do that. And stopping you in your tracks, stopping the story, you're not broken, there's nothing to fix. What do you want? And Focus on that. Focus on that. The mind immediately wants to go back to this, but you need this. Because it's like a record player, for those of you who remember records, right? You put the needle on the groove, and it's playing the groove. We actually need to pick the needle up and play a different song. That's what we need to do. So that, that's how it becomes practical, right? It's not this airy-fairy thing. And again, I'm going to encourage people, if you, if you don't believe it or whatever, you're skeptical and being skeptical is fine. Everybody's skeptical at some point. Look at the science. 
you know, read stuff about the field, read stuff about quantum physics. The authors that I would recommend, people like Bruce Lipton, um, Joe Dispenza, Greg Braden. I mean, they got videos on YouTube. Go check out their videos. This is a science. These guys have been digging into this for the last 20 years. This is not new, right? It may be new to you if you're hearing this for the first time, but it's not new. And for me, it was an evolution of, you know, I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars in the personal development space, okay, over 30 years. And it was all good because it got me to where I am today and, you know, the consciousness that I have today. But when I got introduced to the magnetic mind method, I really was like, wow, this is, this is different because, you know, what if it could be easy here at my desk when I'm looking, I have a framed sign that just says, what if dot, dot, dot. I remind myself constant, constantly, what if it could be different? What if it could be easy? What if it doesn't have to be this way? And just opening that possibility of what if allows the imagination to actually perceive a different reality. And as soon as we start perceiving a different reality, it means we can create it. We can create that now as soon as possible, okay? <laughs> awesome. So let's go back to, to uh, you know, your, your three kids, your, your businesses, right? And I just want to have a personal story of like how this has affected your relationship with your kids. Because a lot of people out there have had to homeschool their kids for the last year, year and a half. And are probably at, at some level needing some of this kind of work. Yeah, and it's, you know, once a parent can learn this, and I, I tell you, it's really affected the success of my children. I, I, I do feel really blessed. And I, I believe I played a role in who they are today in constantly reminding them, look, the one power that you have in life is the power of choice. And choose carefully. Because and, and project into the future, begin with the end in mind. What, what do you want your life to look like? You know, your show, creating a new tomorrow. Be really clear in what you want tomorrow to look like. I like to use the analogy of your perfect average week. If you could create and design your perfect average week, what would you be doing on Monday? What would you do on Tuesday? Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday? What would you be doing on those days? Yeah, I have that all. I have all that written. <laughs> Perfect. Written down. But the audience and the listeners right now, how many of them have it written or how many of them even contemplated their average perfect week? Hopefully on your show, they have, right? Because you, you know, you're saying we created all this, right? We made this shit up. Right. Okay. Well, if we made this shit up, then we can make up some new shit, right? And do something. So what do we want tomorrow to look like? And with my children, that was the conversation I had around the dinner table. I can tell you that I think the conversation around uh, a meal is very important because that's when the stuff can get thrown on the table. And it's not a judgmental conversation either. It's look, it's just what is. Kids are struggling with stuff. They got a thing. They need a place where they can come to and just open up without ramification, without, you know, a place. Now, I'm not saying that anything was legal or anything like that. No, they knew the standard that I was going to have in my home, and I enforced the standard, and it was for their protection, 
right? And it, it, you know, at different ages, you do different things also. I mean, what you do to a six-year-old or with a six-year-old is different than what you do with a 14-year-old, okay? But I can tell you this type of reasoning, this type of mentality has been very successful. My oldest son just graduated from the U.S. Merchant Marine Academy. He's going to do what he's wanted to do since he's nine years old. He wants to captain ships, you know, on the, on the oceans of the world. He's going to do that. Um, my middle son is a ballet dancer for Dutch National Ballet in Amsterdam. You know, he got into dancing only when he was about 13 years old, decided that's what he wanted to do. True choice. He loved it. Saw it all the way through competitions, got hired, you know, top five ballet company in the world. And then I have a daughter, she's about 14 right now, second year high school starting and, uh, you know, a little bit different than the two boys. And so, and girls, I think are different than boys. Um, so I'm finding my groove there, really how to, how to communicate that and how to instill that, that idea that, look, you can create what you want. You can have the experience that you love. You can have the experience that you choose. And, you know, typical teenage things, friends, girlfriends, conflict, and, you know, the relationships causes stress and causes trauma and all that. Being able to come out and be the observer and teaching your children how to just look at the situation for just what it is and not make a judgment on it. And just, it just is what is now. How would you like it to be? It goes back to the little cosmo bubble, right? Yeah. You are the predominant creative force in your life. Tell me how you'd want it to be. And then, you know, you can do a recode, which is what we do. We melt away the resistance. Yeah, so let, let's get into that recode thing. What, what, what exactly, you know, like that's step five, right? So we, we've gone through, let's step, step, four. let's step four. So let's just recap one, two, three, and four, and then get into that one. One is true choice. Two is to create the structural tension. This is the way it is now. This is the way I want it. This is the way it is now. This is the way I want it. Step two. Three is get into the emotion of the end result. Four is to do a recode melting away the resistance that download to the subconscious and then five is to take the next obvious action once you do a recode superconscious will download to you what the next obvious action is okay so and then, and then it's trusting that right so let's get into this recode now and and i'm gonna i'm gonna say this because it reminds me a little bit my my buddy uh is uh an author and uh wrote a book uh, about the angels with us, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, he actually will ask that question, what's my next best step, and wait for a response every single day before he does anything during the day, right? That's, that's the first thing that he does. He doesn't, I don't know if he knows about the, you know, recoding. So let's get into the recoding, but that's what it reminded me of is yeah. he literally is like every single day, every action, is what's my next best step? And then he stops and he waits until he gets an answer that's clear. So what we do in a recode, it's real simple. You don't have to be a spiritual meditator or anything like that. There's no qualification to get benefit from a recode. You just kind of, the client gets into just a place of kind of innocence, kind of out of their head, maybe into their heart, focus on their breath. They're totally conscious. There's no hypnosis. There's none of that going on. They hear every word. And then what I do is I connect into their field. They give me permission to connect into their field to speak and work with their superconscious being. And I basically ask superconscious, say, do you see the true choice? 
do you see the resistance? We go through a couple exercises to line that out, that here's the true choice, this is the resistance, this is what it feels like, and the end result this is what it feels like the way it is now. We create that structural tension, right? And in the recode, all I'm doing is really asking superconscious to do a massive change history in the code and do it in the perfect way, do it in the perfect order, and don't get to the blue screen, you know what I mean? Don't mess with anything that doesn't need to be messed with. You know, because it is the infinite field, all wisdom, all knowledge, everything that has ever existed or will exist is in that field right now. And so superconscious, that aspect of you is already connected to that. And so we're just asking, hey, do you see this resistance to the true choice? Can you treat it? Can you remove it so that we can have less pain and more satisfaction in life? And are all the aspects of the personality on board? And the process takes about 15 minutes. And the client usually just feels a shift, a major shift. And whatever was keeping them small, whatever was keeping them trapped, let's say, or oscillating or stuck or whatever, that resistance just feels like it melts away. And then in my work, what we do is we do that recode on a regular basis, maybe weekly, okay? And we can touch on different true choices and recode that resistance. But at the end of every recode, what's the next obvious action? And we have a whole lenses program also that gets into 90 days, 30 days, seven days daily. Like what is the true choice? What do you really want to work on right now? And it's gone from a to-do list that seems to be this weight because nobody ever finishes their to-do list. It's always all these things you got to do. Switch that to an I could do list. Just, just get it out of your head, get it on a big piece of paper, whatever that you read. These are all the things I could do. And from that, you choose what you will do. And if you choose more than three things a day, you're overwhelming yourself. Okay. Even if you choose one thing, see, but some people be like, Oh, I'm not good enough if I don't do 10 things today. You can't do 10 things. Don't even BS yourself that you're going to do 10 things today. You know you're not. So why are you setting up yourself for defeat and failure? See, there's a, there's a graciousness with this work. There's a, a flow that gets instilled when you take that creator stance. See, look, when you become super conscious consciously, you simply learn to recode the resistance that's in the way of taking the obvious action to turn your thoughts into things. And the end result is that life just becomes easier. When you take your power back and you become this conscious creator, the experience of life becomes easier. And it's not this hard work. It's not this beating yourself up. Oh, I have to, now there is some meditation involved. We have all the meditation. I'm talking about 15 minutes a day, you know, 30 minutes a day, maybe. And if you can't give yourself that and you can't quiet down for that amount of time a day and put yourself in that primary position so that you can manifest what you want, what you would love to experience, like my monic the moniker is, you know, to create the life that you love. If you can't give yourself 30 minutes a day to create the life that you love, then I would suggest that you're not serious about creating the life that you love. True. So let's go way, 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 way back. I only have about just saying, so you know, I know you can edit. I only got about five minutes. Yeah. And then I 
We're going way, way, way back to the very, very beginning of our conversation. True choice versus reaction to it. Mm. And so I just want to kind of get to where we've full circled reality, imagination, idealism, right? So that the audience can create their new tomorrow today and activate their vision for a better world in themselves first, right? So let's go back to that and then we'll finish there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, to kind of put a bow on this whole concept is we, we have to get to this place of our true choice are that desire that we just love, who we are as an individual being. We need to then reclaim our power back. We need to remember who we truly are. And that takes some time to do that. So in my work, you know, I work with clients for about a year in, in really honing this up. And like you said, we live in a microwave generation. People want results faster. I'm going to suggest that what you want is the end result. And if it takes a little bit of time to get there, so be it. Okay. As soon as possible, you're moving in the direction. The identity needs to shift to become in alignment with the true choice. And again, there's three buckets. There's wealth, there's love and relationships, and there's health. Those are the three main buckets that people want less pain and more satisfaction in just in general terms. Right. And if you learn how to become consciously super conscious, reclaiming that power back in, and you focus on what you want instead of trying to solve the problem to get what you want. And you allow the infinite field to create the circumstances, the conditions, the people, the everything that is in your reality to align with that true choice as soon as possible. You will have that life that you love. That's how it happens. You, you have already manifested the life that you currently have. That's all been you. Through the choices, through the focus, through what you've done, you've created what you're experiencing right now. Now, with some help, you can train yourself gently, gracefully, daily, right? To become this conscious, superconscious creator, to turn your thoughts into things, to have what you want just because you want it, just because you love it. And you attract that focus into your present moment. And as soon as it becomes in your present moment, it becomes part of your past. And as you build more past, it becomes more evidence to continue to choose, continue to choose and become conscious of those choices. And you bring that into your reality. And that's the difference between reacting to what is, okay? Being the predominant creative force in your life is different than reacting to the things that show up in your life. And the only power you have is the power to choose and learning how to choose. That to me is the secret. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. This has been another great episode. I am absolutely certain, you know, that the audience has gotten a ton from you. Uh, how can people get a hold of you if they want to? Best way is uh, there's some free stuff to morning ritual type thing at dreamlifemasters.com. So dreamlifemasters with an S.com. And then if anybody would like to experience a recode session with me, I spent about an hour to an hour and a half with you. 
Um, you can go to Quest for the Quan, and that Quan comes from the movie Jerry Maguire. If you remember, he wanted it all. Go watch that movie again because I resonate with the Quan. So Quest, Q-U-E-S-T, spell it out, F-O-R-T-H-E, Quan, Q-U-A-N.com, questforthequan.com. And you can get a, for your listeners, please don't share the code to other people, but massively discounted one-on-one session with me. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And uh, we will be back another time next week. Thank you so much for being here. All right. Thank you.